When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you every week by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. Partnering with them is probably one of the best decisions I've made because I love public golf and Cog Hill is the epitome of good public golf in Chicagoland. Featuring four championship golf courses, including the world-famous Dubs Dread, Cog Hill brings the best of public golf to every player that steps on its property every single day. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at WorldwideGolfShops.com. If you want to play your best and you want to look your best, go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com today to check out everything they have. They've got the latest equipment, they've got the latest apparel, they've got training aids, they've got accessories, everything you could possibly think of to get you back in the game and to play your best every single time. WorldwideGolfShops.com You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. My name is Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You know me for every episode that we do on here. You can follow me all over social media at Golf Unfiltered, and you can send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. We have reached the end of 2021, and what a crazy year it has been. And I know we said the same thing about 2020 for some some different reasons, of course, and a few of those reasons bridged over into this year. But on today's show, I'm just going to cover a few of the topics that we covered, that I covered, and perhaps take a look at what's in store for Golf Unfiltered in 2022 as we continue to keep this train rolling. So first and foremost, I want to thank everyone for tuning in for any podcast episode we did, any YouTube episode that we put out there, any article that we wrote on the website. Golf Unfiltered saw continued growth, which is fantastic to see. Uh, I believe at the last time I looked at our analytics, page views were up almost 80%. Unique visitors up almost 60%, and this podcast has seen similar growth. And of course, if you've been listening for a long time, for the many years we've been doing this, uh, we have a new provider. We actually switched over to Anchor, uh, which is a great provider. Uh, One, it's free. (laughs) Uh, Two, um, there's just a lot of cool things you can do with Anchor. And so I think if you've heard past episodes this year, um, it was pretty evident that I was trying some new stuff. You heard a couple new... uh, Uh, intros, you heard a couple new transitions, and so hopefully I'm going to learn a little bit more about all of that um, and how I can incorporate that into new shows for 2022. So that's what's in store for, at least partially, for Golf Unfiltered in 2022. But in the game of golf itself, there were so many, as there always is, right, so many stories that uh, really define what 2021 in the game of golf was. And perhaps at least on the men's side of the game, and in many respects, the game in general, the biggest story happened back in February when Tiger Woods suffered multiple injuries following a rollover crash uh, early in the morning in California. Um, 
and the whole world, the whole golf world, uh, just kind of stopped for a minute. You know, it was one of those moments where you didn't know how to react. Um, and at least for me personally, I remember being on the phone uh, with my boss for my day job, and I saw it come through on on the news, and I I just I had to get off the phone call. It, it was one of those moments that you don't necessarily uh, experience too often, and you hope not to, right? But uh, as we talked about in a previous episode, actually very recently, um, it it was eerily similar to the Kobe Bryant situation, at least in my mind. That was immediately what I like the parallel that I drew when I heard the news of Tiger and then even a year prior or two years prior, I forget what it was now, uh, for Kobe. Actually, yeah, now that, now to come to think of it, it was almost exactly a year. Uh, Kobe, of course, passing away in January of 2020. And then we learned that everything was, that he was alive, which was a good thing. <laughs> and eventually we started asking the the obvious questions, the obvious general questions, you know, would he ever walk again? Would he ever play golf again? Were we ever, were we done with Tiger Woods? And I think as we saw, you know, many months later, and I am recording this uh, on the Saturday when Tiger and his son, Charlie Woods will be playing in the PNC championship, which nobody expected. I, I certainly didn't think that was a possibility, but it was, it's an interesting set of bookends in February, the accident and now we're ending the year where we actually get to see Tiger play golf again in some form or fashion. Whether or not he'll continue to be able to do so in any type of competitive form moving forward, well, I think we've all learned by now that it's probably not wise to bet against him on that. But I think it's also safe to say that we won't be seeing the same Tiger Woods anymore, and he even admits that, or admitted that in uh, press conferences, of course. And then there was a bunch of stuff that happened in between in the world of golf. And while Tiger kind of certainly moves the needle or is the needle, depending on your point of view there, the rest of the golf world continues. And we saw first-time major winners. I mean, Hideki Matsuyama at the April Masters, one of the most inspiring victories that I can remember, especially with that scene in the, uh, the final hole where Hideki's caddy you know, puts the flag stick back in, bows to Augusta National, kind of setting the stage for, wow, this is going to be a year in golf that we will never forget. And it certainly wasn't. Another first-time major winner on the women's side, Nellie Korda, back in June, won her first career major. A few months later, she goes on to win the gold medal in the Olympics, clearly cementing herself, or establishing herself, rather, as the best female player in the world. And, of course, speaking of first-time major winners, again on the female side, Patty Tavitaniket at the ANA Inspiration wins her first. And we get to see, you know, again, the celebration jumping into the pond. And then, just a few months later, we learn that the ANA is going to move to a new course. It's one of those years, you know. It, it was things occurring, not knowing that perhaps it was the last time we would see those things or people. And then ultimately learning of the future for these people and places and events. We had Phil Mickelson winning the PGA Championship, taking an iconic photo, and you know the one I'm talking about if you've been on the internet at all, him standing with his hands on his hips, again, not in the fairway, 
among the people, which is exactly where Phil always has been and will remain until he's done with anything golf-related. And he wins the major championship and ultimately doesn't compete on the Ryder Cup team, which made sense. I'm not saying that he should have. But it was one of those dynamics where a major winner isn't playing or isn't competing for the American team in what turned out to be just a complete beatdown. I was completely wrong with that prediction, thinking that Europe would actually do the same thing to the United States. But Phil playing an important role from a coach's perspective, from a mentor perspective, once again adding to his legacy in a different way and in only a way that Phil could. What's interesting about that major, and I've spoken about this before, I was actually on the golf course playing, um, actually at Cog Hill with a buddy of mine. And that was the first time I was playing when the final round in a major was also occurring at the same time. I had never experienced that before. And I remember having uh, my cell phone with Phil at the PGA playing and Play, uh, us playing golf was almost secondary. We would go, hit a shot, hurry up, run back to get to the cart just to watch this thing happen. And I remember after that round and after Phil finished what he was doing, I remember just sitting back and thinking, wow, isn't that a sign of the times? You know, perhaps years ago, if it was being broadcast, we might have a radio where we could listen to what was occurring, you know. But... It's a crazy time that we live in now. You know, it's a crazy time. And certainly, all of those wonderful moments, you know, there's there's always these little things that kind of come in between one moment to the next. And especially in golf, and especially in the age of social media, we saw all of the noise and we heard all of the racket between two of golf's male stars, Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau. Two names that every golf outlet mentioned in some form or fashion throughout the year. And their feud, quote-unquote, which I still believe is genuine. I actually don't think these guys like each other. But it just grew to a point, as most things do, that they were going to be monetized. That the whole beef between the two of them was going to make somebody more rich. And it did. Ultimately, we end up having the match four or whatever number it was between Bryson and Brooks, which wasn't good television. Yeah, I watched a good portion of it. I said that I wasn't, but there was nothing else on. And I was curious. Who am I kidding, right? The match itself, they seemed cordial leading into it, which, of course, this took place after the Ryder Cup, where they made it a point to say, we're friends now. And then suddenly, nope, we're not friends anymore. You know, stuff like that, where these types of competitions, these types of exhibitions have been occurring for years. And certainly these are not the first two players to not like each other. But it just seemed different. It seemed like, is this what we're going to do now? Where professional golf becomes closer to professional wrestling than an actual sport. I still believe that the PGA Tour, its personalities, its business, its persona 
kind of needs a facelift. And if this is that, if this is where they want it to go, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I'm on board to watch that. Are you? Do you want to be a viewer of sports entertainment as opposed to an actual sporting event? I don't know. Is there a difference? Maybe some rhetorical questions in there. And speaking about the actual competitive side of things, we saw multiple new world number ones on both sides of the coin. John Rahm, for example, a name and a golfer who I have criticized multiple times in the past and have been proven wrong multiple times in the past about this guy, he winning his first major as well in June. Having, I believe, multiple stints as world number one this year. And there always seemed to be kind of like a reshuffling at the top. I should also mention another first-time major winner this year was Yuka Sasso earlier on the female side. Again, just new names, perhaps in the case of Rahm, an established name, finally reaching that point. So we were not without great competitive golf either. And it's just, at least for me, it was interesting to see this balance between the sports entertainment side of things with Bryson Brooks and all that that nonsense, even the PNC championship this week, to some extent, with all this attention being paid to Charlie Woods, a 12-year-old, and everyone on Twitter going and saying, hey, we probably shouldn't be doing that. I know better than you do. Well, let's not forget. TV stations, cable providers, they don't put stuff out there unless people watch it. We are to blame for that. All they do is present it. It's up to us to decide whether or not we want to take it. But you've got that side of the dynamic, and then, of course, you've got really good competitive golf, all the names that we mentioned so far. And speaking of well-established players, there are probably many names I can mention here, but one name stands apart from the rest in my mind, and that's Colin Morikawa, winning his second major, winning the British Open. And seemingly everything else that he plays in. An absolute class act stands for the right things, at least in my opinion, and I know that some may disagree with that, but from a from just a persona and an ambassador for the game. I know that phrase gets thrown around a lot. This guy seems like he is absolutely perfect with everything, ends up getting engaged late in the year. And then it kind of, a little bit of a blip, where he talks about growing the game and using that once again to, I guess, offer an explanation as to why these players continue to go to Saudi Arabia and play in those events. And we all know about the hefty appearance fees. We know what that part of the country is trying to do in the sport of golf, especially with the rumblings of a competing professional league. And then, of course, there's the third competing professional league with the PGL. But with Morikawa, he is an example, or the latest example, of a voice that carries a lot of weight. And he earns that through his strong play, and he he earned that through everything I mentioned. 
saying the right things. And while I'm not blaming him for, you know, he's not the ringleader of bringing everyone over to Saudi Arabia to play. I mean, there are plenty of players that go over there. But again, it was another dynamic that we continued to see throughout the year, and we will most likely continue to see next year and maybe even the year after that. And so in a way, with the Brooks Bryson, with you know the Saudi Arabia thing, with the competing tours that are continuing to you know, formulate, and even with the PGA Tour itself, what we're actually ex- experiencing as a product, all of this falls onto us as consumers to determine, hey, is this what we want? And it's a story that really spanned all 12 months of this year. And I'm interested to see where it will go the next year. But as we, so all of that and many more things occurred in professional golf, we can't lose sight of everything that went on in golf in general, the golf that you and I like to play. Not only from the equipment side, but also from just going out and enjoying the game. You know, we talked a lot about this uh, this year on the continuing golf boom starting in 2020 because of the pandemic. We also talked a lot about, okay, well, what are these industries going to do? Or what is this industry going to do? What are the companies within this industry going to do in order to continue to sell to us? We've got the return of the PGA Merchandise Show in January of 2022. The first time that all of these, you know, brands and, and uh, attendees will be in one place at the same time. I'm not sure how it'll look. I'm not going. Primarily because I don't want to go to Florida during a pandemic, but also because I don't know how relevant it is anymore. Especially when we had a virtual show last January that I believe was pretty successful. I'm sure someone listening to this will tell me otherwise. But my point is that we're even seeing this desire to get back to the way things were. And in my opinion, perhaps overlooking how things can be. I am not a fan of trying something one time, abandoning it completely, just to go back to something that we thought was the best way to do things. I am in favor of adapting. I'm in favor of evolving. To the best of my knowledge, because I don't want to get this wrong, but to the best of my knowledge, I don't know if there's a virtual component to this next year's PGA show. And if there's not, I think that's a that's a failure. Again, willing to be proven wrong there. But we continued to see incredible attendance. We continued to see incredible involvement in the game of golf. Which, of course, as things typically do, two sides to every coin. Talk about pace of play. Talk about the number of people you can have on a golf course at one time. I wrote an article about the modern view uh, on the pace of play in golf. And the idea of a four-hour round kind of being a myth. Right? Who establishes that? Who, Who enforces that? And I think those are questions that are left unanswered. And certainly, at, at best, very inconsistent answers are provided. And of course, as I mentioned briefly before, the annoying or 
whatever adjective you want to use here, backdrop throughout the entire year remained the pandemic, remained COVID. Probably not as much at the forefront of everyone's mind as it was in 2020, which is something that I actually like to see. Because trust me, everybody's tired of this thing. Everyone wants it to be done with. And no matter how badly we want this thing to be done, it, it doesn't care. It just continues to change, as, do, as does most things in life, right? And so we unfortunately continued to see little snippets here and there in the news affecting the game. You know, raising the arguments of stay in your lane or why are you talking about something that is clearly not golf? Well, guess what? We've always said golf is really just a personification of life itself. And because of that, this is something that is affecting everybody, whether you like it or not. And yeah, I know. I get on my high horse pretty often. It's hard not to when you work in healthcare during the day, as you all know I do. And I look at data all day long. And it's then then to see what happens in real life, it's I'll I'll be open right now. I, it's very difficult to kind of cope with. It's very difficult to understand. You know, it's it's almost like I don't know if it's cognitive dissonance or whatever the right term is, and I've spoken about this before. But it, I think as golf is something that I have personally used as an escape for many things in my life, we often say, and I've heard you all tell me this, it's a form of therapy for you and for me. And when you try to go to that thing that helps you and you can't, you know, break away from the thing you're trying to get away from, in this case, you know, COVID, it's tough. It is tough and it's hard not to talk about. In fact, I think at some point, if you don't talk about it, you're almost being willi willingly ignorant and almost a little insulting. It's okay to talk about these things. Unfortunately, it's not going anywhere anytime soon, if ever. But luckily, you know, we didn't have to worry the entire year about whether or not something was going to happen in the world of golf. You know, we continued. The game continued. People continue to enjoy themselves. The game continues to remain strong, which is good for everyone who enjoys the game. You know, it's a good thing. And I have faith that, you know, people much smarter than me and you will uh, continue to find ways to keep it safe. And, and that's really all we can hope for. So it's been a fantastic year. I've, I've very much enjoyed uh, continuing to do this show. Um, I, I know I say this every year, but I, I am very thankful for all of you who reach out to me, who listen to this show, who read the website. And I acknowledge that sometimes it might seem like I'm a little sporadic with the things that I do at Golf Unfiltered. You know, I think there was, I mean, for crying out loud, there was a, a small stretch this year where the website went away. And I, I continue to look and think about new ways to reach out to everybody and whether it's, you know, maintaining a website, whether it's an increased social media presence, whether it's continuing to do these videos that I'm doing on TikTok, which I've very much enjoyed doing. I, I do believe that that is probably the best social media network right now. It's, it's incredible the amount of engagement that you get, as well as the amount of uh, new and established golfers who really want to know more information about the game. And at the end of the day, that's the entire reason why I started Golf Unfiltered. 
is to continue to educate, to talk about the game and to learn more about the game myself. You know, I, I, I don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm just an idiot who likes to talk about it on a microphone and write about it on a keyboard. So for me, I know in 2022, Golf Unfiltered will continue to be a resource for all golfers to learn something new, whether it be about a piece of equipment, whether it be about, you know, a new, a new apparel item or whatever, or if you just want to read some ramblings from me about golf in general, and maybe even some topics that just kind of touch on golf, but still we all experience in many ways. I will be focusing more on the newer golfers, the golfers who are just getting into the game. One of the things that I've recognized about myself uh, in my professional life, you know, my day job as well as what I'm just more comfortable doing is I like teaching people. I really do. I do that a lot during the day. Um, you know, I like data and, you know, I think that there is a place for that with Golf Unfiltered. I think there's a way for me to at least help answer some questions that perhaps people, especially newer golfers, are little too embarrassed to ask their friends, you know, because let's face it, everybody goes through it when you're learning the game. Everybody says, okay, well, why, why do golf balls have dimples? Or, you know, who can I ask that without seeming like a complete novice? You know, there's that little bit that people often struggle with. And hey, I'll be the guy to tell you, that's fine. I might not get it right all the time. <laughs> and believe me, people will tell me when I don't. But I think that's part of the whole the whole experience too. And I really enjoy doing that. And I hope that uh, that translates into, um, you know, the product and the the messaging and the things that I produce for you. I hope it comes across clearly in that. And so we'll continue to do different spins on this podcast. I want to continue to um, invite people on to tell all of us what golf means to them. I think there's a lot of life lessons that we can learn from those conversations. They're probably the conversations I enjoy having the most. I've already got a few brands lined up to uh, come on and talk about their new products. So we will always have some of those interviews, but I, I don't want to focus primarily on that. And I like having these shows as well, just talking out to you all, hopefully sparking some reaction. And I do get a lot of feedback on these, and I appreciate that from you. So as I started the show, many thanks to all of you. This will be the last show that I do this year unless something crazy happens when I want to do an emergency podcast. But I thank you all for sticking with me. I know that uh, you have a lot of options to choose from. And there are a lot of other uh, providers or websites or podcasts that do a better job than I do. And I continue to learn from them as well. But I can say that right now I still genuinely enjoy doing this. And as I always remind myself, when that changes then that's it. And I think many of you would say the same. So we'll keep things going in 2022. Until then, stay safe. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy one another. Be kind to one another. I know it's crazy out there. I know that many of you probably disagree with the views that I talk about and I with you. But at the end of the day, if we can just enjoy one thing together, and whether it be golf, whether it be something related to golf, Let's kind of focus on that. Things can be better. And I firmly believe that they will be moving forward. Stay true to yourself. 
Stay kind to everybody else. Stay healthy. And we'll talk again soon. <laughs>